0: Hey folks welcome back to the deep blue holder podcast it's me your host larry holder now i just um we're about to have a bit of an interview that i recorded earlier this morning uh with a guest that had some really interesting things to share uh i'm not going to give anything away i want you all to check in and enjoy it i did have a couple articles i wanted to go through before going into the interview however i wanted to be a little bit uh, conscious of the the duration uh so I'm going to do those articles in a separate video, and I'll do upload that one hopefully over the weekend. Uh, thanks again for joining in. I really appreciate the continued support, and let's just go straight into that interview right after this. Hi, welcome back everyone and welcome to Ben. How are you doing, Ben? I'm good, very good indeed. All right, now, just, just so we get this out of the way, do I need to call you Ben or Dr. Burville? No, no, Ben is good. Okay, perfect, perfect. So Ben, um, you're a bit um, on the popular side because we've been seeing videos of you and these uh, seals uh, just, you know, having fun uh, in the water. Um, and I mean, uh, of course, the, what have many questions that would come to mind, but the first one for me is, what got you into the scuba diving? What really well, got you hooked? Um, sure. Uh, Larry, when I was about... Um,
1: I grew up by the sea down in Plymouth on the southwest coast of, of the UK. Yeah. And so, you know, we would use the sea like a playground, really, from a young age. Um, And then, you know, so when I grew up, I was, you know, growing up, jumping in the sea, and then snorkeling, you know, just snorkeling around. And then as soon as I could dive... At that point, you couldn't really train to dive till you were 16, not really through a club. And right. Now you can do it a lot younger. But so as soon as I was uh, 15, 16, I, I went to a club and I owe that to my parents who were good enough to take me. And, and it just went from there, really. So for quite a long
0: time. Nice, nice. And uh, just curious, which one of the training agencies did you certify with? I, I certified with b the British Tobacco Club. Right. Okay, yes, I'm familiar, I'm familiar. I, um, yeah. I mean, for us, we, we have PADI, SSI, yeah. and now we readily available in, in, in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, yeah. But from my understanding, they're all basically the same thing in terms of the core content. What really makes a difference is the instructor that you're working with. Yeah, I think
1: you're right. I mean, when, when I trained, there were really, there were slightly different times. When I trained, yeah, had spent six months in the pool yeah. Before they'd let you in the open water. And commercially that would never work now. So my wife did a paddy course. Yeah. And she did like two weekends. And then um I did her final dives with her. And then she, she was qualified. Oh, when nice. I learned to dive six months, six weeks, six months, uh-huh. six months in the pool before I they'd let me in the open water. Yeah, there were tough times.
0: <laughs> uh, you know, and for me, I um when I got certified with paddy, my instructor who has about over 30 years' experience instructing, he um he had us do eight pool sessions as well as theory yeah. sessions. So, and he gave us time to absorb the information and go over everything yeah. afterwards. He didn't want to rush the the open water at all. Yeah, and, uh, I it think it was better really. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. And I mean, I mean, given that we know you're a medical doctor, what got you into into medicine? What made you choose that particular profession?
1: Wow, that's an interesting question. Um wow well i suppose the honest answer is um is i think from a young age i think my mother was quite keen for me to do like a profession and she liked she knew i liked biology and you know and and i was a bit wayward um and and i was more keen on doing things like you know going diving and so i ended up doing a degree in marine biology um and i did that because i could dive on my course and have and i could work um you know to do with marine biology and the sea and then I finished that degree, and I was still pretty wayward, to be honest, Larry.
0: Oh, and I, I, ended
1: see. Up, um, I see. Yeah, I, I ended up in the military, uh, and then um, while I was in the military, did some medical things,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: ended up in a placement in a hospital. And while I was in the hospital, they were saying, "Look, you know, you should really look at this because you're 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 pretty good with not just the trauma things. You're okay with the, you know, the old people who are very unwell and." And I, and I thought, I said, you know, maybe I should go back. And so I did. And I, I packed in what I was doing. And I, and I went back to, to uni and sold my motorbike. And, and, uh, and I'm really glad I did because, it, it, you know, it's the best
0: thing I've done, really. Gotcha. Gotcha. Did you ever buy another motorbike? Though? No. Oh, I, I would see. kill myself. definitely. <laughs> it's funny because my normally... wife
1: wouldn't let me have a motorbike now.
0: No chance. <laughs> yes. Although my kids would be happy if I did. <laughs> yeah, the kids normally would be happy for that, right? Uh, you know, it's yeah. funny because I, um, I, I myself, uh, so I, I studied marketing and human resource management, but yeah. a few years ago, I, um, I got a little bit of a, let's just say, a little bit of a Christmas bonus. And I'm like, what do I do with this money? I didn't really budget yeah. for it. So I did a coin toss and heads. It was going to be, get scuba certified. Tails, yeah. tails I was going to get certified as a phlebotomist. And um, All right. yeah, tails won out. Um, really yeah yeah so I actually studied to be a phlebotomist for a few months I got certified and so on oh that's really good yeah I never worked in the field (laughs) no okay but you did uh, the training anyway mate. yeah yeah I did the training and um uh actually came I actually had to use a certain level of the training recently which we'll get into shortly um but it wasn't until like um last year just before the start of the pandemic that I did my certification for, for scuba. And um, I mean, I'm still open water diver, but Doesn't I'm enjoying matter. it. Yeah, I'm enjoying it still. You know,
1: my my wife did um my wife did 200 dives before she moved on from open water diver.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, I guess there's there some advantages to that because she gets to use her air for longer, right? Oh man, she was. But I think they were surprised when she went to do her paddy advanced, and she'd done two hundred dives. They were like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa.
0: And that that two hundred is still better than those who do the advance right off the bat immediately after doing the when we the open water. Yeah, I, I think. think so. I think she's in a better position to say she's advanced. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, uh, normally I would ask a lot of the guests about their favorite marine animals, but I think for you, and we're just gonna assign you seals. I think they are. Yeah, I mean, it's a close one, I have to be honest, because I'm very lucky, Larry. And I study
1: um, a specific type of dolphin as well called white beaked dolphin. They're okay. actually the most abundant dolphin in the North Sea off the coast of the UK. Right. But people don't really know about them because they tend to be in deeper water. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I study them um, and with the hat on as a visiting researcher at Newcastle University. So I, I do that as a sort of side thing. Um and we haven't really been able to study them properly for the last couple of years because of the pandemic and just getting off shores really hard in the boat. And, um, right. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're amazing when you're in the water with those. But no, it's a tight one, but
0: it, 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 the, the seals would still win. Right. And, you know, you mentioned doing marine biology earlier, and I just want to touch on yeah. that uh, in terms of being a doctor, but also having a degree, a first degree in marine biology. How has yeah. this affected your understanding of medicine and so on, given that a lot of medical research could be tied to what we study in our oceans and so on?
1: Yeah, I think I think the, you know, it was a fair bit of delay between me doing my first degree and going back to do medicine. I, I, I think the thing that, you know, I knew I knew how to study. I knew that I I think, you know, that w- that was a definite use. And, and I think maybe the science basis in terms of knowing about chemistry and stuff obviously helps. Right. But apart from that, you know, it it was I had so much time between leaving university and having done marine biology and then going back to university, what would have been. um, Quite a long time later Mm -hmm. and
0: doing and doing and doing medicine, really. I see. I see. And uh, just to touch on you mentioned you spent some time in the military. What branch of the armed forces was this? Um, I was like a, um, like a medic in a, uh, in a, um, parachute unit. Okay. Okay. So this would be not the, not the Navy or the, or the air force. This would be. No, in the army. In the army. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, that's, that's good stuff. Uh, so you did service to, to queen and country. A little bit. Yes. Just to keep me off the streets, Larry. <laughs> I got you. Now, um, Given that you study the White beak Dolphins, and of course, you spend all that time amongst the, the seals. Uh, just curious, is it the do you do that diving in the Farn Islands? Yeah, mainly around the Farn. I mean, I've dived all around the UK coast.
1: Uh-huh. I never dived Trinidad and Tobago, though, so next time that, I, I, that I've got some time, maybe I need to
0: come and drive there with you. <laughs> yeah, you just tell me when. I could point you out to some of the good spots. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not the most experienced, but I do know a few really good spots. Yeah, I've um, dived the Caribbean. I've
1: dived around um, Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, um, I'm just trying to think where else there. Um, the Bahamas. Oh, nice.
0: Good sharks. Yeah. I've dived there with sharks. Um, but no, no, not Trinidad and Tobago. I haven't dived there. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's two totally different personalities when you look at the water in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, in really? Trinidad, because of the close proximity to South America, the water, yeah. the visibility is not the best. Um, okay. In Tobago, you get the blue waters more often than not. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in terms of marine life, you know, we have we have five of the different varieties of sea turtles in our waters. Oh, that's um, nice. Yeah. We have we have dolphins. I don't know what variety we have, but I've seen yeah. them above the water, not below.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we have way too many lionfish, but we're doing our part to, to yeah, get rid of them. Fish. Yeah. 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 You know, um, we have a few sharks. Uh, occasionally, we have we have different wheels. I'm not sure. I think it's humback wheels. Uh, some of the fishermen have said that they have noticed orcas in the past. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's it's again because of where Tobago is located, just yeah. north east of Tobago, it's open Atlantic Ocean. So whatever passes yeah. there could stop by, right? Could come in. Yeah. Yeah. But we have we Very have some good. good sites for you to check out when that time comes uh now tell me something with regards to seals uh these these next two questions are from my nephew he's a seven-year-old who he's looking forward to uh when he gets out of elementary school i made a deal with him if he gets into a good school based on his qualifications um i'm gonna pay for him to be certified as a scuba diver okay Um, that's cool yeah so he's been just reading books Uh, about different marine animals and so on. Very good. And like when I told him i will be speaking with you and that you're a seal diver, he asked if we're going to be talking about grey seals or harbour seals or leopard seals. Grey seals, yeah. And I'm like, I think it's grey seals. He said, okay. Yeah, Atlantic
1: grey seals. Yeah, that's why I tend to spend most of my time with. Like I have dived with with harbour seals, common seals. Yeah. Um, They're called common seals, but there's less of them around the UK than there are grey seals um and gray seals around the uk we've got about 40 percent of the world's population around the uk wow. coast wow. um you know about maybe 145 140 odd thousand um most of them are off scotland but yeah around where i dive the Farn islands is like one of the
0: biggest sites around the uk coast we've got about f- between five and six thousand they reckon. that's amazing uh well i'm saying that's amazing but is that a good number
1: yeah, it's a good number. It's improved. I mean, obviously, you know, they used to get hunted long. You know, if you go back long enough,
0: right. I mean, and
1: we're not talking that far, you know, that long ago, um, but yeah, they've they've made a very good recovery. Grey seals are pretty robust, and they've avoided
0: some of the vac, uh, some of the viral infections that have affected some other sites. Oh, I see. I see. Well, that's that's pretty good. Now, tell me, what's the diet like? The average diet like for a grey seal? Well, they need to eat about four kilograms of fish a day. Um,
1: and it's interesting because I'll, I'll ask your question, Larry, and I'll put you
0: mm-hmm. on the spot here. Uh, sure. Do you know the North Sea off the UK? I know a little bit. I know, uh, like we always okay. hear about North Sea oil because we're an energy. Okay, oil, yeah, that's of, it. Okay, so
1: in that yeah. in that big area of North Sea, um, do you do you know which f- single fish species is taken out of the North Sea in the
0: highest tonnage?
1: So you've I, got like cod. Haddock, all those fish that people eat. Any idea what it would be?
0: No, I don't actually.
1: So it's sand deal. Do you know what sand deals are? No, no. So sand eels, no. tiny little fish like this. Uh-huh. You wouldn't eat them as a human, but they're mm-hmm. the thing that are taken out of the sea in the biggest tonnage Is as it an it individual by-touch? fish. No, they're fish for specifically, believe it or not, because they're very, very rich in oil
0: and oh. they tend
1: to be used for. Believe it or not, they tend to be used for um, animal feed, for feeding pigs. Um, and that's why they're taken out in such huge quantities. Right. And they've even been used at one point to try to do a power station in Denmark. I mean, it was just crazy. And these things are really low on the food chain. Mm-hmm. So people have taken them out and they're low at the bottom of the food chain. And things like cod, which are bigger fish, they'll eat sandeel. So you're right. then taking away the food for the, for the bigger fish and you're taking... Anyway, cut a long story short, seals love eating sandeels. I see. It says they only need to eat about... If you have, if you have 7 kilograms of, of, of cod, it would equate to the energy of, of 4 kilograms of sandeel.
0: Okay, right. And that's because of the nutritional content. Because of the oil
1: in them, the nutritional content. yeah,
0: right. They're r- really rich in, in, in energy. Now, given that comparison you just made with the cod, I have to ask, should we reach a point where the sand eel population gets below a certain number? Would there be a concern with the gray seals eating other fishes instead? Yeah, and, and we're probably already there
1: because they've been so overfished. You know, uh, then then seals will eat, they'll eat anything. You know, they're opportunistic eaters. So sometimes that's why they'll that's why they'll eat things like, um, you know, salmon in people in fishing nets. Then then the sh- sh- uh, fishermen end up trying to shoot them. That's right. why they've even I mean, believe it or not, you, you probably won't know this. But do you know what a porpoise is?
0: Yeah. You're
1: yeah, like a, like a, it's a cetacean. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and and in the last few years, uh, gray seals have even been known to kill porpoise. Um, which wasn't on their diet before and they would ambush them and the porpoise is a fast marine mammal but they they ambush them and they eat them as well wow Pretty rarely but they ha- it has been documented you know and that was probably as a result of them being hungry looking in fishing nets seeing a porpoise that had been caught as bycatch mm-hmm. thinking oh i'm not sure what that is i'll have a bite oh it tastes pretty high in fat maybe I'll, I'll hunt this
0: yeah. I'll, I'll, well, I'll tell you this, I really hope that should the lionfish uh, begin to spread throughout the UK at any point, that <laughs> your seals um, are able to deal with them, yeah, because... Yeah, I'm not sure they'd be too keen on the lionfish. Yeah, it, it took a while, but we're finally noticing um, evidence of uh, some of these sharks and barracudas taking lionfish see? off the spears of the hunters, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's happened in Belize, in Bahamas, and a few other areas, so... there might be some course correction by nature taking place. So fingers crossed. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, there's actually a video I saw with another guy, um, a Scottish guy actually called Mark Wynn. And Mark had this video where he was hunting lionfish in Belize. And while doing this, um, a nurse shark just kept coming up to him and nudging him. And he wasn't sure why, but then the nurse shark kept going next to these holes in the ground or like little crevices, and when he yeah. goes to these crevices and holes, he's finding lionfish. Uh, when he takes them out, though, the shark is taking them. The shark isn't sharing, but that yeah, no, shark definitely had a taste for lionfish, and I like that. That's amazing. That's amazing. Despite yeah. the spines, eh? Cor- yeah, yeah. I guess once you once they have a way of getting past the spines, it's it's not yeah, difficult. Yeah. I mean, we as humans, where we think we're smart, and we figured out how to clean it properly and so on. Um, I I'm, I'm feel like some of the sharks will be able to figure out a way to get through as well. To get it, yeah, probably yeah. if they're hungry. Now, another question with regards to the grey seals. How long yeah. do they hold their breaths for?
1: Um, the maximum they can do really is probably about 25 minutes, depending on their size. Um, okay. they, don't like, they don't really like to hold their breath. I'm going to have to plug you in, by the way. Is that, I hope that's sure. not going to mess anything up. No, I'm no, no, no to that's fine. Um, they don't really like to hold their breath more than about five to 10 minutes because Ooh. they start to go a, a, a little bit um a little bit anaerobic and they, oh, build, and they, build up, they build up lactic acid uh, right. but they can they can if they if they need to do about 25 minutes okay. so when they kill porpoise they actually drown them they actually grab them with their front flippers and their front flippers are a little bit genetically they're near they're closer to bears than dogs people say oh it's, you're petting it like a dog if you look genetically gray seals are a lot like a bear
0: oh i and see if you okay. look at their
1: front claws they they got long claws and they come up and they grab the porpoise put their claws in bite it take it underwater and drown it because a porpoise can only hold its
0: breath for about maybe six minutes five or six minutes i think Ooh, interesting okay that's that's actually not what i was expecting to hear but yeah. no that that is very interesting now another question i'm um, given that we spoke about seals uh, fishing earlier um, yeah. have you seen any impact uh, negative impact in terms of abandoned fishing gear and the seal community
1: yeah lots yeah so um, i don't know whether i don't know whether this will let me do this give me two two mm-hmm. two seconds um i'm going to try to show you something um, but I'm not sure whether I'll be able to 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 do it readily. I'll try. Yeah. So I've seen it with um with ropes. I've seen it with um, plastic objects. Right. Um. Right. And the last thing I saw um, was actually um with a with a with a tire, where you know seals are very inquisitive and they'll they'll look at things and um you know they'll put their faces into things and getting entrapped. Let's just see if this will work. Two seconds. I'm gonna see if I'm gonna see if I can show you something on the share something on the screen two seconds. Um, so let's just see if this will work. Um, I'm gonna see if I can do a share screen. let's just see if it if it knocks us off, then I'll just come back to you on the same link, okay? Yeah, yeah,
0: that's fine. That should be fine. I don't think we'll have uh, any issues.
1: Oh, host disabled participant change. So if you make me the host. Let me... uh, Let's see. Yeah, and let's see. There you go, Then you'll have to tell me how I make you the host back. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a problem. And you tell me if you can see, can you
0: see that now? Yes, I'm seeing your screen. Can you see it? Playing? Oh my goodness. I'm seeing it. Wow, that is a chilling image. Chilling. You got video. it? Yeah.
1: So that's a seal with a what looks like a rubber tie around its neck. Yeah. And that's the seal again with a rubber tie around its neck. Now I spent about an hour with this seal and actually managed to get its trust and get one hand either side of its head. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. and I was hopeful that I could sort of pull it over its head but it's been there for such a long time that it's like trying to take a ring off over a knuckle that's too big right? and it wouldn't right. come off it was, it, and the seal threw me around like a rag doll Ooh, boy. this is another seal with, with netting trap around it, I don't know if you can see that fishing net
0: yeah I can, you can see, see it that? yeah um,
1: this and is that- the, the rub- <sighs> this is the rubber ring seal again Ah.
0: Uh. That looks very good. If it helps, you can
1: you can um you you know this this video is on YouTube. If you want to you know rip it,
0: you can. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely share this video because this is this is some chilling imagery.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just shows you know you put things in the sea; they can
0: have a a significant impact, really. Yeah. Um. Does that does that give you an idea? It does. It does, and I mean, it definitely answers the question in so many different ways because. I'm looking at this guy here with the tire. I'm also thinking about the one with the net, and especially with the net. It's so easy for that one to drown.
1: Yeah, very easy, very easy. I'm going to stop the sharing, and I'll put you back as
0: the uh, as the as the host. Two seconds. Yeah, you uh, just need to open participants. Right-click my name, and I I just go on there and then make host. Yeah, good. There we go. We're good to go. Thanks so much for sharing that video, Ben. That was. um, If you look on my YouTube site and look for
1: marine pollution, you'll you'll see it there, and it'll it'll be there. I'm just gonna close it.
0: Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Um, and I mean, you know, yeah, that's that's certainly one of the things that is uh doing a lot of damage throughout the world. Another thing, especially given that COP26 has taken place right now. um, Yeah. Uh, global warming. Have you seen any effects of that in your particular dive spots?
1: Yeah, uh, I have actually. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, we have seen effects of global warming that we think are related to global warming. Ironically, not with the seals, um, but you know, I mentioned that we that that I um, study white beak dolphin. Yes, offshore. Well, white beaked dolphin traditionally have what's called temperature partitioning um, with with common dolphin. Mm-hmm. And so they eat similar food substances, and um, where the water is consistently lower than thirteen degrees centigrade, then you tend to get white-beaked dolphin. But right. if it's warmer yeah. than thirteen degrees, they tend to be common dolphin. Not always, but that tends to be a rough, you know. So those dolphin don't tend to be together, and we would very rarely see common dolphin. In our area off the northeast coast. Right. Um, But in the last couple of years, well, sort of in the last three years, um, then we started to see common dolphin appear coming up the coast. So that would make us think the water's getting warmer and it may displace the white beaked dolphin, which like colder water further north.
0: Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm guessing this could also throw off the, the, the ecosystem balance a bit as well
1: yeah, I mean it could do. I mean, it's early days. We don't have any concrete evidence, but you know it may have effect on fish stocks, on how fish move, and then then it could affect the seals. The seals are very robust and resilient animals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they can probably probably cope with quite a few changes to their environment. You know they're, 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 they they can be diverse in their in their in their food substrate in terms of eating other things. You know, they're, they're, they can eat fish, they can eat octopus, they can, they can even have a go at shellfish. But generally, they'll want fish. Right. Um, but they can change they can change the, the, the species that they hunt. So I think they're pretty robust, you know, but you just never know. If you mess with nature, you can have quite catastrophic
0: endpoints. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, at this point, I want to shift gear a little bit on... Um, chat a little bit about, you know, the the current uh, pandemic that we're all experiencing in different ways, of sure. course. Um, so I mentioned earlier that I uh, studied phlebotomy. Um, yeah. And well, immediately after, well, yeah, immediately after I got my second shot, I got uh, AstraZeneca. Um, I volunteered at a mass vaccination site. Oh, good um, on you. I'm like, yeah, I, I figured out I'll, I'll do whatever, you know, if you need me to help push a wheelchair, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. That- that was nice of you, dude. Thanks, thanks. Uh, if you need me to tell someone where to sit, where to stand, um, so I went. I volunteered. I ended up with a a little bit more responsibility than I initially expected. Uh, I was actually yeah. assisting the coordinator most of the times. Um, yeah. Help with screening. Help with assisting patients. Help with identifying adverse adverse effects. Even yeah. did a few um, a few WHO courses on how to. To manage communication during the "quote-unquote" yeah. infodemic—that's um, very good. Yeah, and you know, we were able to do some significant numbers. I mean, our population—we've only done about forty-five percent fully vaccinated okay. at this point, but it's still better than nothing. Um, yeah, for sure, it, it's progress. Uh, but I wanted to hear a little bit about the work that you had to put in with the, NH- uh, with the NHS and so on um, during the COVID pandemic, especially when it comes to vaccinations. What has your experience cool. been like?
1: um wow uh I mean I suppose there's the initial experience of dealing with the pandemic prior to vaccination where you know we you know I'm a GP in a community site and we had a very big problem with care homes um that were you know with elderly people in care homes they got hit really badly and a lot of them a lot of people died right um and then and then really from not the Christmas just being is it the Christmas just being I'm just trying to think what is November? Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's the Christmas just been. So the Christmas just been, we started vaccinating. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like 11 months ago now. Right. Um, and I I run a vaccine site for my sins. So um yeah, it, it's been interesting, very challenging. And in terms of stress, to be honest, uh I'd rather have the care homes full of COVID people than do the vaccinating. It was less stressful. <laughs> Believe yeah. it or not, I, I, you know, the vaccinating ooh. was really stressful. In terms of, you didn't know when vaccine was going to come. Yeah, you know the, the rules changed every five minutes. You didn't know when supply was going to come. You didn't know who was meant to be who you were meant to be vaccinating. Always, it was very, very stressful. But the um, you know, and we're still finding it challenging, but a lot better than it was. Right, we right. Have, I mean, our, our site. I have to say thanks to my team. We have a very, we have probably. One of the
0: highest uptake sites in 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 the UK. Oh, that's that's great. Um, yeah, actually, the the well, the site that I worked with it was um organized by the Supermarkets Association of all things. Yeah, you know, very, very, They'll be used to organizing stuff. Yeah, we um we actually were the largest of all the mass vaccination sites, and we ran for the longest yeah. period. We did three months. Um, yeah. we did primarily Sinopharm because that's what was available. Yeah. Um, but we also did some Johnson and Johnson, AstraZeneca, and Pfizer near the end. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was... and at the
1: moment we're just we're just running with Pfizer for boosters and right. for kids.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I got um I got AstraZeneca, and it, when the time comes for booster, I'll take whatever is um number one available, but number two, whichever one has the best um results with astrazeneca so if it's Pfizer, yeah i mean if it was
1: me i would have the pfizer with the astrazeneca the 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 results look very very promising so if you can get it get it but at the end of the day you know get whatever you can really because the antibody level definitely wanes on people we're not boosting people under 50 in the uk at the moment right um but but over 50 then you know the people get boosted so um you know but any va- if you've had two vaccines the chances of you ending up dead or in hospital itu is really low
0: you know? yeah i agreed. um we've seen in our our figures here reported by the state um 93 to 96 percent of the icu and IAN hdu occupants unvaccinated unvaccinated either unvaccinated or not fully vaccinated um yeah so yeah. it's a mix and um Unfortunately, the only time you leave those areas, ICOHD, is either if you recover or you pass away. So, yeah, um, it's it's a bit of a struggle, but um, we have been making progress. I think that I know there's a lot of vaccine hesitant people, and I don't lump yeah. all the vaccine hesitant persons together with anti-vaxxers because I think there are some people who might have some different reasons, and they may need some. They may need some education and communication. Yeah. Before they... and,
1: and if you look back, you can understand why there's been vaccine hesitancy, especially in, we would call it Bain community. So yeah, the Black, Asian, ethnic minority yeah. Uh, yeah. communities, you know, you haven't got to look far back in history where, you know, some pretty dreadful things were done, especially to some Black people, you know, with regards Correct. to immunization in the States. Yeah, And, and I think, yeah. you know, so I think there is some hesitancy. But I think with this, I think with this program, you know, speaking as a doctor, you know, if you if you were, let's say you were unvaccinated and, you know, I thought, look, this is my brother, what would I do? I would definitely vaccinate. And I would vaccinate with with Moderna, Pfizer, or AstraZeneca. You know, I think that, you know, all of them are,
0: are, are good. I don't I'm not familiar with any of the others really outside of that because we just haven't used them. Right, right. Yeah, you know, um, once uh, our, our policy has been, uh, once it's WHO approved, we will yeah. use it. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah, I think that's fine. WHO is sensible.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, so far, we've not seen uh, any major issues of um, adverse effects. Um, yeah. Most of them would be, uh, and by most, I'm talking like it's, it's small numbers, but it would be like uh, maybe an allergic reaction where people get a rash that would last a little longer than they expect yeah um, that's, that's nothing to worry about are you how about your family are they okay yeah yeah my parents um my parents were actually probably the first thousand people to get vaccinated here yeah um, too right there has to be some benefits of working at a vaccine site oh uh, yeah yeah uh they actually got treatment before i was involved though um yeah yeah they so my dad um he was pa- he's part of the the heart clinic because he is a heart patient yeah. and um yeah. When he went to make his appointment, uh, my mom went with him, and they were like, "Well, why don't you both take the vaccine right away?" Yeah, and sensible. He was he was fine with it. He just got really sleepy. Uh, By my, my mom got a lot of cold sweating and so on. She was a little bit worried. So, yeah, yeah. But, but it only lasts for a couple fine, of
1: days. Then it passes.
0: Yeah, two days, two days tops, and they were they were better. I know some people had had a lot of pain for a little bit longer, but you know yeah, nothing. Major, nothing serious. Uh, a lot I've worse been, than you get with, yeah, a lot worse than you can get with COVID. That's for sure. Correct, and that's that's the other thing. I spoke to a couple of friends of mine who are surgeons, and they were saying that um, people are concerned about clotting with with the the vaccine, but they're not realizing how many issues of um, deep vein thrombosis are showing up. Yeah, if COVID you patients. catch COVID, yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: I think what they've done really badly is a lot of people were looking at comparing the risks if you get vaccinated with the risks of nothing yeah what they weren't doing is looking at the risks of getting vaccinated against the risks of getting covid you know so like myocarditis if you catch that and you've got and if you get covid you've yeah. got probably 10 times as much chance of catch of getting myocarditis than if you had a vaccine you know so Right and clotting—that's significantly higher. Lots of people with COVID got, you know, get clots. It's
0: yeah, probably that's one
1: of the most, you know, biggest I feel concerns.
0: Like there are some people who don't want to hear all the facts when it comes to those things. They just want to hear the part that lines up with their their point of view, which you know, um, yeah, yeah, something we have to work with. Now, another question, um, and yeah. this is for the benefit of all those of us in dive industry in some way. Um, what do you see as being the possible long term effects? In terms of one's ability to dive, to dive, should you catch COVID?
1: Now that's a really interesting point, and and something that the UK um, medical you know safety committee have looked at for diving medical safety committee. I think there are there are actually flow charts because I've been on meetings with PADI representatives, Nawi you know mm-hmm. representatives, SDI you know BSEA representatives. You know, looking at that, and there are flowcharts that are available. I don't know if you're aware of that, but there are COVID flowcharts that you can follow. So if you've had, you know, depending on whether you ended up in hospital, um, so there are COVID flowcharts, and I'd recommend anyone looks looks on the website and simply googles those, you know, mm-hmm. code medical flowcharts following COVID. The concern really that we had initially about that was, um, I don't know if you remember, there was a there was a a big um, cruise ship. Um, the Diamond Princess um, that Mm -hmm. had a load of tourists catch COVID, and they then studied that group. And what they found there is there was quite a lot of people on board that ship who um, were asymptomatic. They had no symptoms of COVID, um, but they had significant changes when you CT scanned their chest. And I think the concern was that people might catch COVID, but not realise that they're actually being quite unwell, have changes on a CT scan of their lungs that then could lead to fibrosis. And that could also be associated with bulla, like air sacs Mm -hmm. that shouldn't really be there inside their lungs. And that then may cause problems to do with barotrauma um, through either ascending, descending, um, traumatic lung injury. So I, I think that was the initial concern. I, know, I, I remember even some people in the medical world who were diving medics saying, gosh, if you've had COVID, you shouldn't dive. You know, I, that's, that's just ridiculous. But, um, you know, I think certainly people who have been hospitalized with COVID should be seeing a diving medic before they're, before they're going
0: on any dives, really. Gotcha, gotcha. Because you, can get, you can get some serious lung damage with it. Uh, you know, and thanks a lot for sharing that. I think that is something that, um, I mean, given that it, it affects our industry directly and our, our hobbies and so on, it, it is very important information. I did notice yeah. um, some time ago, uh, the Divers Aware Network, Dan, they were yeah, looking Dan, for persons, That's who we worked
1: with as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, they were looking, they were trying to get in touch with any uh, scuba divers who caught COVID, and I'm guessing it's to, to be part of that study, which I think is pretty important.
1: Yeah, I mean we definitely you know we looked we were working with Dan as well, you know, in terms of looking at flowcharts. Um, flow charts.
0: Right, right. I'll definitely be checking those flow charts out to check to, to get some of that information. That has been yeah. pretty informative. Yeah. So Ben. I'm just
1: seeing I'm just seeing if I uh-huh. could find it there because sure. I I'm just seeing where, where it was, but um because Dan, yeah, it is on Dan. I can't, I'm on a works computer at the moment and it won't let me connect, but but Dan definitely, Dan Europe definitely had a flowchart. I'll check. So it anyone out. Go- anyone googling, uh, you know, diving COVID flowchart,
0: right? You know, will
1: find it under under Daniel.
0: Let me let me pull that up. No diving COVID flowchart. Flowchart, yeah. yeah, and and see if you, on Google or. Yeah, I got it. I got it on Google. It's a PDF on Dan. Europe. Is it Dan? Yep. Yeah. Just Ooh. click on that, and it should. Does that help? Yes. Oh wow, this is very detailed, though. Yeah, is that okay? <laughs> yeah, this is more than okay. This is great. This is this is definitely worth sharing.
1: Yeah, I think you'll. I think it's useful to share. Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe it's a bit too heavy, but I think it's useful for you to have.
0: No, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. It will. It will be something I'll share with my dive group. I'm actually pretty close with the persons that I um that I got certified with we are. Um, yeah i mean
1: we, I, I dive throughout the whole pandemic you uh-huh. know uh, you know when we could go out the house yeah i was i dive throughout the whole pandemic i was never really worried about diving with this i think but if you've been hospitalized mm-hmm. then i think that is a different a different kettle of fish i think if you've been in hospital because of covid then you should be thinking are
0: my lungs okay to dive right right Com- completely understand you know um, that is that is something that could really Really put a uh sort spot on on the passion that someone would have for the industry. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I think, you know, even if there was lung damage, I wouldn't necessarily exclude diving, but you know, you could still get in the water and maybe go very shallow. But I think I think it's all about risk, isn't it, at the end of the day? Correct. And if and if you've got and if your lungs are recovering, then it's obviously better to give them the time that they need to recover. And sometimes lung damage, you know, can take a long time to recover. But yeah. it may be better to spend six months out of the water but then being able to go back and do 25-meter, 30-meter dives than yeah. go in the water too quickly and end up with some
0: sort of barotrauma to your lungs. Correct, correct. And, you know, um, people shouldn't discount the be, be fun and dive in at 10 meters. It's...
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Larry, I, I, most of my seal diving, because I like to film off natural light, yeah. you know, I, I'd, say, I'd, I'd say a large proportion of my seal diving happens in less than
0: eight meters. Well, look at that. You know? <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Because so, that's
1: the only way I can squeeze two and a half hours out of a 15-liter tank. <laughs> correct.
0: Correct. So uh, 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 we're, g- we're gonna wrap up shortly. Uh just have okay, one that's cool. last question. You mentioned uh Newcastle University. Yep. But you mentioned the town of Plymouth. Yeah. So Plymouth Argyle or Newcastle United? Uh, <laughs> I'm not a football man, dude, so so oh. <laughs> I, I suppose,
1: I, I think, I'm sure they're both good. I wouldn't have a clue. I, I just, I don't know football, but it's a good question,
0: yeah. I suppose if you put me on the spot, I'd probably go for Newcastle. Well, Newcastle is about to be a bit of a big name in football again, in a in a, in a way that nobody imagined. Yeah, uh, man, you new know more owners. than me, that's for sure. Oh, they got some new owners that have a lot oh, of Oh yes, money. they do, yeah. They do have yeah. some yearners, yeah, from Saudi, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, the Saudi, basically, I think it's Saudi. a Saudi fund or something that basically... Yeah, I heard it
1: on the radio, but I, I just, I I just, I don't really follow football
0: too much. Oh, man, we can't get enough of it here. Oh, very good. Well, listen, you look after yourself, keep yourself Thanks. healthy, and it was really nice to have a chat with you. Likewise, Ben. This has been pretty, pretty informative. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. All right. You take care, my friend. Bye. Keep good. We'll keep in touch. Keep good, man. Oh, yeah. Do that. Bye now.